clinical disclaimer. This podcast is focused on education and entertainment. While we love to help and teach, it is not meant to be used as a replacement for clinical services. If you are experiencing significant relationship issues or major concerns in your sexual, physical, or mental health, please seek the services of a professional provider near you. Welcome to the University of Pleasure, where we have sexual conversation to help build a happier nation. I'm Dr. Tara Jansen, licensed psychologist and certified sex therapist. And I'm Jeremiah James, and I'm just a guy who likes talking about sex. Doc, the world is melting. <laughs> so stressful. <laughs> Such stressful times. We gotta, so stressful. we gotta up our game because, like, I'm serious. Like, we gotta oh. bring a lot more pleasure to a lot more people because it is yeah. ugly out there right now. This is the least stressful thing I've done all week. I'm gonna tell you that much. <laughs> so, I don't even know. How, I don't even know how you're keeping your head above water. Welcome back to the University of Pleasure, folks. As we were saying earlier, Doc, I really think we need to find a way to bring more pleasure to more people because I'm telling you, <laughs> woo, out there right now, yikes a -rooney. I don't even yikes know. I honestly, I don't even know how you are awake, alive to even be doing this podcast today. I, if I was Yo, you, I'd be I like, no, no more. I will not speak another. I can't. I'm done. Cash out. Done. <laughs> yeah, you know, I how I know I am tired is that I literally just went along with you saying yikes a rooney. <laughs> 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 That's how I know. Really degraded in many ways. That's how you're just you're so no, it's you're so thoroughly uh, beat down that you're gonna put up with my nonsensical my I see I can't even say the right words. <laughs> I'm going to go along with your vernacular, yes. Yes, thank is, you. Thank you. Which means highly upsetting things because uh, I just don't have the energy to fight it. True. <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, yes, things have been incredibly stressful. But I got to be honest, you know, I work, you know, my own way in healthcare, But, like, there are some other healthcare professionals out there that are just oh, having man. a hell of a time. And, you know, I, I would be, you know, absolutely dishonest to be like, Oh, I'm having the hardest time. Like, absolutely not. I work with some, I know some, you know, nurses and medical providers right now that are, you know, having some of the most stressful times of their lives. So, yeah. and, and also we're thinking always, about all of you guys. People. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. Thank you to all those people out there. I mean, genuinely, I, I can't even imagine what so many of you are going through and beyond grateful to each and every one of you out there that is helping care for so many who are so ill and uh, helping at the same time keeping us safe. I don't, I don't even know. I'm I'm sure you know. Yeah, I, I can't. I, I you know I can't really even talk about it. It actually chokes me up genuinely because such uh, it's so difficult out there right now. So, thank you to everybody out there. Would you agree on that? All that, Doc? Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think there are a lot of people feeling really worn out, and at the same time, there are a lot of people feeling really worn out, but still doing some pretty amazing things and that are just resilient as resilient as fuck <laughs> yeah. you know like it's a it's a truly it's a truly impressive thing and yeah just amazing amounts of gratitude for everybody that's out there working really hard and again sacrificing their own well-being in order to do so so yeah thank you to everybody so we're going to try to do our own little part in our to bring some joy and pleasure to all of you today um with a new segment that yeah. uh, it's kind of a workshopping title. Would you agree with that? We're, we're workshopping it. We're, we might try several iterations of this one. This is yeah. the one we're going to land on today. <laughs> yeah. And it was great because when I, we were workshopping it, I came up with several suggestions and uh, everything was shot down by the doc, which yeah. is just a great open feeling of a workshop. You know, when you just go, here are my ideas and they say, no. Across yeah, the board. I should say that I'm workshopping it. Yes. <laughs> and you were there to witness that workshop. <laughs> you, we should say more like, 
I was processing what I would like it to be, and Jeremiah happens to be there. <laughs> I couldn't get you to leave the call. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. All right. So here we are. This is a new one. We're a little, uh, you know, we're on the fence of how it's going to land, but I think it's going to be great because I'm nothing but a cockeyed optimist, right? That is your elements of that that are true. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Winning. Here we go. Carnal quagmires. Surviving sticky situations in sexual relations. All right. So here's the thing about this, right? Oh, you're going to say something? No, I just, I liked, I liked the sound of it. It had a good cadence. Thank you. I'm a professional voice actor. And uh, I'm really, really talented. And I just wanted you to make sure that you knew that and understood it. So the thing about this is it's really about current things happening now. It's a current events for the sexual world. People that might be struggling with a little something, you could kind of send it our way. And the doc is going to be like, bang, 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 cure you, what ails you, make the world a better place, have some fun in the process. Am I right on that, doc? I mean, I don't know that I'll cure you or make the world a better place, but I will try to help work out some sexual dilemmas. Honestly, I really thought I would get you there. I, you know, the, the thing for me is really like you're so tired, you're, you're being run ragged in your business, and I thought maybe I could get you to be like, sure, I'm so tired, great, I'll, I'll fix it. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> only one of us can be an absolutist in their sense of rightness, and that <laughs> isn't going to be me. Okay, fine. Even tired. Even tired. I refuse to bend. All right. And I respect that about you. So let's Thank jump into the story. So this person wanted to be anonymous. They wrote into our show here, the University of Pleasure. And uh, they, this sent is... us a, they sent us actually a, an Instagram direct message, which is a perfectly acceptable way yep. to send us your uh your questions your queries your dilemmas absolutely send them to instagram or you can email us at contact at universityofpleasure.com but instagram actually probably i think would be the fastest and most efficient way i think you're right on that yeah instagram is actually pretty easy so i didn't even think of that thank you listener that sent this to instagram absolutely and now this was written by a cisgender man right yeah okay yeah I didn't look it up. Can you remind me again? I know that we've talked about cisgender. I just want to double check exactly yeah, no, what no, cisgender means. No, no, no. I'm glad means. you're checking it out. Yeah, I cisgender... want to do it. Of course, this is for the listeners. <laughs> is it? Um, okay, good. Well, for the listeners, um, <laughs> <laughs> cisgender is somebody that does not identify as transgender or non-binary or gender diverse, meaning like if someone is birth assigned, let's say um, birth assigned a certain gender and they continue to identify in that way. So I was birth assigned female. I continue to identify as female. Therefore, I am cisgender. Right. Great. So I knew that. Basically, I just want to make sure yeah. you knew that and our listeners knew that. Yeah. So basically, if you're not a part of the transgender or non-binary or gender diverse like community or an identification, then you're probably going to be cisgender. Okay. So they wrote in, and this is like, again, kind of like a current events, like something that's happening in the here and now, unlike our other segment of, you know, could have been better sex stories, which might be stories from your past, things, the yeah. adventures you may have had. So this is a little bit different of a segment. Again, workshopping the title. I have many more ideas to be shot down by the doc. And <laughs> we're about to jump into this story. So I'm going to read the story. One day the doc is going to read the stories, but being as talented as I am, I understand why she passes this to me. You so. reading these things is why you're here. <laughs> like, what percentage of the work do I have to do? <laughs> really, Jeremiah. All right. Thank you for acknowledging my talent. And here we go. So this is a true story sent to us on Instagram by a fan. And here we go. I'm 19 years old and am madly in love with my first real girlfriend, who is also my first sexual partner. Overall, our sex is great. I haven't had much experience with women. I know I have a high sex drive, 
and tend to be excited by some edgy and deviant sexual themes. I'm fascinated with porn, swingers, sex clubs, threesomes, group sex, BDSM, and open to most other kinky ideas. I like this person, by the way. I like their mm-hmm. thought processes. Yeah, I like that they reached out. That's yeah. what I like most. And, and also, <laughs> we're just are being so open about it, but I dig what you dig, and I'm going to continue on with the story now. Until recently, I have kept this side of myself subdued and hidden away from my girlfriend. Our sex has been fun, exciting, and intense, but also vanilla. Our dirty talk game has been undeveloped, to say the least. However, we recently had a particularly sexy moment when I was sitting on the couch receiving oral sex. She was kneeling between my legs so I could look down and see her face, eyes, and all of the action. This is the same point of view I love watching during blowjob scenes in porn. While watching her, my mind was flooded with desire, so in that moment, I took a risk. I looked at her in a dominant and aggressive sort of way and said, suck my cock. She stopped immediately, sat back, paused a moment, then said, I'm your girlfriend, you know. This was an oh shit, I fucked up moment for me. I was full of panic and anxiety and mumbled in a passive tone something to the effect of, uh, okay, I'm sorry. We continued on after that and finished having sex. Afterwards, I felt rejected, like my hand had been slapped. I felt shame, resentment, and embarrassment. To me, it seems like a rather vanilla bit of dirty talk, but to her, it appeared painful and triggering especially me saying it in such an aggressive style. I wanted to see her as dirty and slutty. She could tell and was clearly not interested. We've never talked about the incident and have both pretended as though it never happened. After being shot down, I don't feel safe now letting my kinky side show. The end. Your friend, anonymous person from Instagram. Okay. <laughs> Let me fix this. I can fix oh. all of this. Yeah, you just go for it, Jeremiah. See what you come up with. First and foremost, you were 100% in the right. They were 100% in the wrong. Oh, my God. And don't listen to them. Sit down, communicate what you want and you need, and damn the rest. Boom. I know. At least I think I know that you're joking, but there is a very real part of me that gets a little <laughs> worried. <laughs> of course I'm joking. Of course I'm joking. I'm and like, in fact, I I, 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 <laughs> I, I empathize you, right? with this person. I feel for them because I actually have lived a, a situation very similar and uh, with a person I've talked about in the past on the podcast here. And in that situation, it was very, very similar. Not in a in a oral sex situation, but in a situation where I wanted to do her from behind, and she get, would get very very upset with me and say things like, "You're just trying to treat me like an object, like I'm some slut." And I didn't. We weren't even talking dirty. I just wanted to switch to that position, and I felt horribly shamed and humiliated, and then wouldn't bring it up anymore. And so I feel for this person. I'm actually genuinely interested because of my, you know, parallel experience to hear what you have to say about it, Doc. Yeah. I mean, first of all, thank you to this person for writing us. And and to me for also sharing my difficult situation, right? Yeah. Thank you, Jeremiah. And thank you you you. to this person, right? Also, side note, 19, well done you. Right. I mean, yeah. I just, oh, I didn't even you know what? I didn't even I didn't even really. Yeah. I mean, I know I, I read it and it said 19. But yeah, good for you for being able to see this and openly communicate about it. That's brilliant. Like, yeah, like 19 and already asking for help on these things. Like, oh, you're going to have such a better time of it. <laughs> yes, guaranteed. <laughs> you know, like I, you know, I might get similar questions from people in their 50s and 60s, right? That haven't talked about some of these things for years. So just thank you. 19. Well done, you. Well done. Anyway. Side note, um, so I think, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of layers 
to this one, right? Like because an onion. I can. Huh? Like an onion. Yeah, like an onion. Multi layer. There's a lot of like. Sure, like an onion. There's a lot of layers because there's a lot of areas we can go around this and look at. I think one of the first things, though, that I just I, I would say is that like this really is a sticky situation, right? Because I I absolutely can see both ends of the situation. Of course, right? Of course. I can I can see where one person is really wanting to like engage in some desires that feel really erotic and feel really hot and feel really fun for them and just authentic, right? Like, you know, in a way that, you know, feels healthy to them. And then that that kind of comes up against, right? In this case, it, this would be this person's girlfriend, but maybe comes up what might feel fun and erotic and sexy to her. And this is a such a common sexual dilemma, right? That people have where it's like, what's hot to me is not necessarily hot to you. And not only is it not hot to you, it might actually make you feel bad. Right. Like that. That's rough. Like, yeah, that's rough. And that's similar to the the dynamic that you brought up, Jeremiah. And I think... Um, You're welcome. Thank you. And I think that like with, um, you know, with situations like that, you know, earlier you're like, you're going to cure us and blah, blah, blah. And I was <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> Mostly because I always have a suspicion that these are the kind of things that people are going to talk about. And then I look like an asshat because I'm like, I have it. I have the solution. <laughs> but what I'm going to say is right away, I'm glad that I didn't agree with you because this is truly a dilemma, right? Because, right. I mean, I think that these are scenarios in which, you know, no one's really wrong. No one's really right. I think it's more about like, hey, how do you want to attend to that? How do you want to cope with that? Like, so for instance, this sounds like somebody that's really new in their maybe relationship and, and frankly new in negotiating sex. And I really, that wasn't me being um, like, you know, like uh, condescending when I was like, good for you. I mean, like really 19 is a, an amazing age to start. Oh my and God. Early on. Please. When like, I was 19 years old, like I was, uh, I was, dealing with shame monsters all over the place and not talking to anybody about it. And like, yeah, I mean, to be this self-aware and know what they like and want to be able to communicate it and then to send this to us or they can be passed along to you. I mean, that that's impressive, genuinely. Right. And so I think, you know, it's kind of hard for me to know where to start, but I do think, and, and I know it's like such like that passe thing that we say all the time, but the first thing that stands out to me is that they haven't talked about it. Yeah. They acted as though it never happened. Right. And obviously, you know, we talk a ton on the show. So this is going to be no surprise to people, right? That's probably the first place that they're going to have to start. Communication. <laughs> we say it all the time here. Right. Communication. Uh, but to be fair, right, a lot of times, times the reasons that people don't talk about these things is because it feels like such a quagmire. It feels like such a dilemma, right? Because it sounds like this person, as he's talking about things, like, what did he say? Um... To me, it seemed like it was rather vanilla. It was rather a vanilla bit of dirty talk, but to her, it appeared painful and triggering, especially me saying it in an aggressive style. One of the things that I likes is it, like about this person that wrote in is it seems like he's pretty in tune to kind of that it that it was uncomfortable for her and that he cares about that. Right. right? I think that's a really first and foremost. If you have that, if you have empathy, well, then you got a lot to work with. There you <laughs> go. Agreed. Right? I, you know, I think when people are struggling to have empathy for that other person's experience, that's really where things can be hard. Because honestly, one of my first pieces of advice to people is often like, you got to try to understand where your partner now be, might be coming from. Now, to right. be fair, they haven't talked about it, but he's assuming. But even that assumption sounds like it's already working on having some empathy that this may be something that was felt harmful or hurtful to her. Um, so obviously, one of the first things I would say is that these two probably need to start talking, right? He's probably going to have to bring this event up and ask her how she actually felt about it. Mm -hmm. But if, if I can speak about something like this a little bit more broadly, Jeremiah, just that let's talk a little bit about the eroticism of um, wanting to see someone as like a sexual object, as like dirty, as slutty. Mm -hmm. Like yep, yep. That's not something we've actually really talked about much on the show. That's true. We haven't. Right. But is a really common like uh, kind of eroticization for people, right? Some people really love to feel that way, right? Like to feel like a like a sexual object that's like being used and being used in this very dominant way. Right. And some people really like to have 
um, to see their partners in that way, you know, or to like, you know, just really eroticize that idea of like you're dirty or slutty or whatever it might be. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but, uh, the, I mean, I have, I know people I've, I've experienced it personally, you know, that people that love that sort of fantasizing and or, or sexualizing, or, you know, and then that way. Uh, but some people don't like it. And so, uh, you know, uh, talk yeah. a little bit about so, that because I mean, it's it can be a difficult yeah. balance, I think. Well, yeah. And that's part of what's showing up in this dilemma this person is bringing in or at least appears to be showing up. Right. Because they haven't talked about it and he hasn't checked it out with his girlfriend. We're assuming. OK. Right. So um, I think <laughs> I think one thing that people really struggle with, and we've talked about it in previous podcasts, is this idea that it's, it's a dialectic, right, that multiple truths can exist at one time. Like so, for instance, that you can be in a sexual situation and in that sexual situation, have this sort of fantasy experience of seeing someone as like a slut or dirty, but you don't holistically think of them in that way. No, of right? course not. Right. That it's really almost like compartmentalized to that sexual situation. Ooh, okay. I like where you're going with this. Right. And a lot of times that's really hard. If you don't have maybe some difficult dialogues about it, it's really hard for the other person to understand or to know. Like, so for instance, in this example that this uh, young man gave us, right, he hasn't really ever spoken about with his girlfriend about that that is hot to him and that he does like that. So what me, what that also means is he hasn't ever really had the chance to tell her, hey, when I say something like that, it doesn't mean that, that I, I see you that way. You. Right. That I yeah, it doesn't mean that I, yeah, that I actually see you as a slut or I actually even want you to feel that way it's about like a fantasy and eroticization in a moment that is specific to that moment and you know without having that kind of dialogue it would be very easy for someone in this case maybe this person's girlfriend to assume like like her statement what was it i'm your girlfriend I'm your girlfriend you know? you know yeah that was right and and to punch. me that that person is making a response like that i'm your girlfriend you know is more indicated of that like that this person doesn't know what he means by that, right. right? Like is assuming that maybe he's seeing her in that way in a more global way. Am I making sense? 100% making sense. So I, I would look at it this way. So like when you said compartmentalize, I was like, that's it. I get it. I understand. So like having the sexual, like we talked about the sexual fantasies that I've learned through the University of Pleasure in talking with you. Like we have our sexual fantasies in the room, but that that's just that's all it is is a fantasy. It's like if you're calling some, you know, to me it's like the same idea of like if you really get turned on by, you know, sexually thinking your partner's a pirate. Like you don't think they're a pirate. They don't really go. You don't see them as a pirate all the time. It's just what you dig in the moment. You're sexualizing the moment in time with the person. Am I right on that, Doc? Yeah, well, and then here's the thing. You are with a caveat. <laughs> oh, I thought I had, I was like, and the pirate thing was genius. For, and you're okay. like, and maybe not. And the reason I say this is because like not everyone is the same sexually, right? And so for most people, not all, but for many people, yes, right? You're engaging in a fantasy in the moment. And then right. when that moment is over, maybe you're not aroused anymore. You're not in that sexual play. Yeah, your example, right? Like. It's like, yeah, who's my sexy pirate? Who's my sexy pirate, right? right? And then you're done and you're not like still being like, arr, right? Like, you know, right. take me to the ship and where's the gold or whatever. Right. This is a terrible, right. this is a terrible example. But, you know, but here's my caveat. There are some people, right, that want more of a 24-7 kind of dynamic of a particular fantasy, Okay. Right. So like, for instance, maybe in certain types of kink play or BDSM play, you might hear somebody talk about wanting a 24 seven sub, right. Or a 24 seven dominant. What that means is it's not just specific to a sexual interaction that it really is bleeding over into day to day and kind of overall life experiences. But that is much more the exception. Right? I was going like, to say that's, that's not the rule. That's got to be more the exception. Yeah, that's just that's more atypical, but it but I want to acknowledge that that is also exists. I know. Listen, I understand yeah. you all. You cover the bases and I love you for that and respect you for that. Yeah, um, just because diversity is important. Right. Of course it is. Like there are some people that that is something that's interesting and to them or erotic to them. 
but usually, you know, that's that's a pretty big thing. You're going to have to have some dialogue about that. Yeah, yeah. Well. I mean, if somebody wants to be, you know, I want you to think of me as a pirate 24 hours a day and, and I'm going to be a pirate, <laughs> you'd be like, well, that's, that's going to take some conversation. Yeah. I mean, that's why people, right, go on communities like right. Pet Life or things where you find other people that are also interested in being a pirate 24 7, right? That's or right. whatever it might be. And, you know, and then everything's copacetic because you got two people that are both into that. And so that's just more of a side note, right? But, um, you know, this, the biggest dilemma, I think, and this is both about this and then also just for other people listening, because it comes up all the time, which is we really struggle to kind of hold that multiple truth, right? That what somebody wants from us sexually or how they see us sexually in a moment doesn't necessarily always translate to how they see us holistically or as a person. There's some compartmentalization there. There's a fantasy there. And I do think that that's important, right? Because you definitely want to check it out, right? Like if I, you know, I can think of many people that if they were this person's girlfriend, like they'd want to be like, hey, do you really see me in that way? Or is it really important for you to see me in that way? Because that doesn't feel good for me, right? Because who knows, like if this person, right? If these two people had a dialogue, right? If he talked to his girlfriend, about like, hey, this is just a, it's a fantasy that I like to engage in. It's a fantasy in the moment, but I, I don't actually want to see you as a slut, right? <laughs> like, right. I don't actually see you in that way. I don't actually think of you in that way. And that's, I see you in all of these other, because I mean, you know, you listen to the tone of this guy and he's super into his girlfriend. Oh, he thinks <laughs> he's, she's amazing. He's, well, of course. Right. He, he started it out with madly in love. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. So like clearly this is somebody that has a lot of uh, affection and appreciation for his girlfriend. And I think, you know, having some dialogue about it. Now, I don't know the outcome. Right. Let's say he went and talked to his girlfriend about it and was like, yeah, I don't actually see you in that way. This is just more of some sexy play that I want to do in a moment. She might go, oh that's what that is. Okay. I can get on board for that. Or can we adjust language, right? Like they can find some negotiation point of that. Or this is where things become a true dilemma. No interest at all. Don't right? want to do it. No, don't like it. Yeah. Don't even try it. And I don't want to do it. And you know, those are where I kind of go, <laughs> like, right. because they're, then we start to have dialogues about sexual compatibility, right? Where, you know, there are certain Usually most couple can find most couples can find negotiation points, right? So this is a really good compatibility dialogue. Like this is a really good example of like compatibility where maybe somebody is identifying as a little bit like kind of quote unquote kinkier, right? Where they might have some interests that are believed to be atypical, although frankly a lot of them aren't that atypical, but are believed to be more atypical. And they're with somebody that maybe May or we don't know remains to be seen because they haven't talked. Right. But let's pretend this person actually is more vanilla and doesn't have some of these interests. Right. Then that becomes maybe a greater sexual compatibility issue. And again, most couples are able to find comp points of compromise. Right. Like, Doc, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I think this is a really great place to stop. And I know that you don't want to. You're on a roll. But hold no, that stop me. <laughs> Please stop me. <laughs> Sometimes I really want you to stop me. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm stopping you because we're going to take a quick break and then the doc is going to come back, continue her thought on the greater struggle maybe of sexual compatibility and how maybe this gentleman and his possible girlfriend might be able to work it out when we come back. And we're back. And as promised, the doc is going to jump back into sexual compatibility, maybe being a bigger problem. That's kind of where yeah, you were. I, so go yeah. ahead. Please continue on that thought. I hope it's exactly the brilliance that you left off with, because if it's a half-ass brilliance, I'm going to call you on the carpet. Go for it. <laughs> great. I have no idea what that means, but great. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, like... Sexual compatibility is, you know, it's a tricky thing. And, you know, this this case is really difficult because, again, like if we had the two of them on here and we could start talking about that, we would actually begin to see like, hey, maybe there's a ton of points of compromise right. or maybe there's not. Right. And a lot of times uh, there is. 
but when there's not, right? Like, let's say somebody is like, wow, I really like a lot of very specific things and my partner is interested in none of them and really doesn't want to do any compromise around that. That is definitely, you know, where, you know, and I have couples actively that I work with and have worked with many couples where that's actually the case. And what did you do to cure all of their ills? I didn't, I didn't do anything to cure that. I had to help people figure out, (laughs) this is a much more heavy topic, but you know, everyone has to decide what they are and aren't able to compromise in a relationship, Right. right? Like we all have to decide. We all have to decide like what you are and aren't willing to give up. For some people, it's like, hey, maybe I don't get to be, I don't know, let's say it's a kinky vanilla issue, right? Some people might be like, you know what? I just, um, I can give up being as kinky as I want to be because the other parts of this, you know. Are so good that it balances it out. Yeah, the other pieces of this whole are just so amazing that it, it balances it out. Or someone might say like, hey, I can get up for some kinky stuff, even though it's just really not my jam. I can find a way to be like open or, you know, at the very least present for that because of how important this is to me. Right. But I can't ever make somebody feel willing to do that because there's a difference between feeling willing to do that and doing it from a position of resentment. And my one major, probably highlight, underline, bold piece of um, relational advice. And this is not just about sex. If you're starting to give up things that you really or compromise things that you really, really aren't willing to give up, that's a time to look at your relationship and to probably look about the, the fit of it for you. Right. Because typically people become incredibly resentful. I do not recommend ever that people like compromise, like, a lot of people can find ways to feel okay about a compromise, right? Like, Hey, in my ideal world, I wouldn't give this up or I wouldn't move on this, but I feel willing to do it because of, like you said, other benefits, A, B, C, or D. But a lot of times people will give up or move on things or do things they like truly, truly don't want to do. Right. And then mm-hmm. that, then all that does is it's uh, to me is like puts a little seed of it's like poison oh. and it just it just grows like a cancer of resentment it, and anger. Right. And toxic. frustration, toxic. horribly toxic. 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 Right. And honestly, those are the points, really, frankly, where I recommend people actually get a professional involved and help them, you know, navigate some of that. And so sometimes, there you, go. you know, and again, I you that's and you know, I know that's like kind of a heavier thing, but like that's absolutely and I'm not trying to scare this person. <laughs> I don't know that that's his situation at all. Right. I'm just speaking more globally. Like I do think having discussions earlier on in relationships around like your sexual interests and try like we always talk about like why why do you want to talk about what you're into? Right. Or what's interesting to you? Well, because you want to test compatibility earlier on and talk about compatibility or compatibility earlier on in a relationship because it helps prevent some of those things. Right. 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 But if I can totally, I mean, so I think honestly around some of this stuff, you know, in engaging in, in dialogues around compatibility, like my biggest pieces of advice are often like, you need to be honest. And I think you need to be brutally honest and you can do that in a kind, compassionate way, but, but like kind of taking half ass steps to being honest or like what hedging, right? When you hedge, yeah, it ain't, it ain't going to help you. Right? right. It's, it's usually far more helpful to be like, this really is what I'm into. This really is what I want because then your partner can't decide if that is or isn't something they can hang with. Right. right? And you can't really decide whether or not that is or isn't something you're willing to give up or to compromise on your end. And so a, it really requires that sort of brutal honesty. And I know that's scary, but you can do it. I promise. Right. And B, it really requires that capacity to be really honest with yourself about what you are and are not willing to give or to compromise. Because as Jeremiah said, which I think is very true, is that stuff can become a poison really fast, which is a good segue. Because again, this seems like 
these two are just at the beginning, and I don't think they're anywhere near down that. Yeah, but, you know, listen, I, I think it was good that we talked about some of the heavier stuff because that is something that is common. We have many, many listeners that are struggling with that in particular. And, you know, I think that it was good that you gave that explanation of compatibility and how difficult it can be and, and all of that stuff and all of my brilliant commentary. So, but as our last few minutes come to this episode here, yeah, let's just... get back to our friend from Instagram. And I first want to just say, do not feel ashamed. Please. Well, I, what, what? I was about to say something very poignant and you just, what? Finish your poignant thought. Well, now it was interrupted. So I don't know how, how poignant it was going to be. I didn't get to finish it. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jeremiah. I'm I live in the moment and the moment was interrupted. So what did you want to say? Well, not to be nitpicky, but I would say telling someone not to feel ashamed. I understand your sentiment, right? But people feel how they feel because sometimes people feel ashamed about feeling ashamed. So telling someone don't be scared or don't be ashamed and they're struggling not to feel that way just makes them feel like they're doing a bad job with their feelings. Ugh, a different. It's just trying a, to be nice. <laughs> no, you are. But, right, but do you get my point? Fine, that, like, yes, I get your right? point. If you, I think a different way to say that is, hey, like. So then what do you think about this person's shame? I'm sorry to interrupt you yet again, but, you know, <laughs> I can't just go like, you shouldn't feel shame because I don't think they should feel shame. I mean, I'm just giving, this is my opinion. So I what do you think? I know that you don't think they should, but if he does, right, he's saying he does. Well, yeah, I felt shame, resentment and embarrassment, right? You know, I think we can talk about how to help him work through his shame rather than telling him that the way that he feels he shouldn't feel. Just Fine. because, you know, it sends a message. I know I'm nitpicky. All right. But like, this is literally my job. I know. The nuance, the nuance of emotion and emotional messaging is literally like all I do all day. Anyway. All right. Well, could you please help him work on the shame that he is feeling in this moment? Some tips of the trade, maybe. Thank you, Jeremiah. You're welcome. His facial expression is very annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> Just need everyone to know that. He's super annoyed. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Anyway, but your sentiment, I think, is 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 right on, right? Like, you can't help what you're into. We've talked about that a lot, right? right? And I think that that, and I think that that's the sentiment, right? That's what I was like, going with. That, that, right, that certain things are going to be arousing to you, and they're just going to be interesting to you, right? I think where this person is getting stuck is about where to how to negotiate those interests with a partner in a way that also can maybe feel good or um, acceptable to his partner. And to be fair to this guy, it seems like he really cares about that and he wants that to be the case. Right. But I, I do think, like, if his if his girlfriend was here, right, let's, like, fast forward and said they've had, like, at least a good conversation about it where he was able to clarify, like, hey, this was, like, just a sexual interest. I don't really see you in that way globally, blah, 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 right? One of the things that I would probably give feedback to as a partner, right, is being really thoughtful about how you turn down someone's sexual risk, right? Like we talk all the time on here. Like, I love that this guy took a risk, right? Yeah. I do. I love that he took a risk. And that's the thing. It's a risk. Risk means that it might go bad. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Like, it, it's not a risk if it doesn't mean that there's some chance that it might go bad. So I like that he took a risk, right? And I think when you know, and again, this is probably for e a little bit easier when when people have you know had a little more dialogue about stuff than these two than these two have. But like, as a partner, when you know that your partner's taking a sexual risk, right? Um, how you react to that matters, right? Like, so what did he say? I felt rejected, like my hand was slapped. I felt shame, resentment, and embarrassment. Now I don't feel safe letting my kinky side show, right? Right. So, you know, those are really common responses. And I talk about this. Oh, my gosh. I don't even know how many times I've had dialogue like this in sessions with people where people are like, well, I asked my partner for A, B, and C, or D, or I tried thing A, B, C, or D, and they reacted in a way that was disgusted. They reacted in a way that was like shaming. And so 
I just never brought it up again. And now I've been, he said, feeling resentful. So now I've been feeling resentful and I'm not bringing it up. Right. 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 And, tip, and typically over time, that can really negatively impact a relationship, which is why I'm so happy that this person is asking about it. And to be fair to his girlfriend, like sometimes you just react. Right. Yeah. And so knee jerk reactions, you know, they happen. And that's okay. Yeah, they, they react. And is again, it okay that I said that that's okay? Or is there like a, it's not okay to say okay <laughs> because she might not feel okay about being okay? I don't, I don't know. Is that okay? I think it's okay, Jeremiah. Thank I understand you. your point and I can see that you're still a little salty about my earlier Not salty feedback. at all. I just wanted to be very clear because <laughs> you're very clear and I just didn't want to not be clear. Okay. Thank you. Ahem. Thank you for clarifying, clarifying Jeremiah. And I, and I hope that after this podcast, you and I can work out some of our tensions. <laughs> <laughs> It's fine. It's I hope fine. we can work out some of your clear resentments toward me after. Nope, I'm with you. I respect you. And this is great. Continue. Um, right. I think really just this this idea that like as a partner, right, like your responses also also have a lot of power, you know, and if we, you know, it's hard with this couple because we don't know where they're going to land or where they're going to end up. We're going to be optimistic and say they're going to have some dialogue. She's going to get a better understanding. But like, let's say this person, he is a little bit kinkier than her and he does want to talk about some things. I think that there are ways and we talked about this, I think, in an episode like way earlier on around like how to sort of kind of quote unquote reject or to say no, but to do that in a, in a kind way. Yep, so like, kind. for instance... Mm -hmm. And sometimes people are just in their feelings, right? So I can understand her response of like, hey, I'm your girlfriend, you know. But a different way to maybe do that is saying like to pause and to say, wait, if she felt reactive, a different thing maybe that could have happened is saying like, I'm sorry, what do you mean by that? Right. And clarifying, you know, in the moment. And I understand that that's like if everyone has their heads on and, you know, it's their most mature self in a moment. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's kind of like if all the stars are aligned, it all goes perfect. All the stars are aligned. Right. But if we're talking idealistically, like what can people do in the future? Right. Like, let's say that your partner asks you to do something that you feel a little squidgy about. Right. Like you don't feel quite comfortable with or you don't know what it is or you're not into it. Right. Like saying things like, I don't know, or what do you mean? Right. Like really like checking it out and trying to check it out before being like, no, or that's disgusting. I mean, honestly, I've had a lot of dialogues with people where their partners just straight up said, wouldn't, you, wouldn't you just say that, you know, have the conversation before you get to this place. I mean, I would recommend to this person that, you know, Hey, you know, you have all these likes and dislikes. I think maybe you should sit down and try to talk through them before you kind of throw it into the mix, you know, you know, yeah, you I know mean, what I mean? That because is, that's something we often preach yeah, here, like communication, usually better to have communication ahead of time until you get into the moment where then all of a sudden you did say that and then you get a knee-jerk reaction. It could have gone bad. Right. No, that's the ideal, right? Like, so the preventative move, I'm talking about what you do when that's failed to be done, right? So you're right, Jeremiah. The best preventative move would be to like, have dialogues about the things you're into and check things out. Like, for instance, yeah, in an ideal world, if, you know, and again, this is a young gentleman who's saying this is his first relationship, so he's just figuring it out, right? So in a in an ideal world, you know, if, if he had known, right, or asked this question beforehand, yeah, I would have suggested, like, hey, ask her how she would feel about that. Ask her, you know, like, hey, this is something I'm interested in. This is something that's sexy and hot to me. How would you feel if I engaged in this kind of dirty talk? Great. Please do that. That's like, yes, Jeremiah, this is the, the, the first defense. I'm, though, talking about maybe you've even done that because you can't talk about everything, right? And sometimes when you're in a sexual moment, you just try a thing, right? <laughs> you, just, you just try a thing. Well, or and again, as we've said in other episodes, you know, sometimes being, you know, aroused does not let our brains work the way that they would normally work, that we might yeah. not make the best of decisions in a sexy you get a moment. Little, you, like, he, what did he say? I was feeling like a lot of desire, right? Like, you get a lot, you get a little bold, you get a little, like, willing to, like, push on a, push on a thing, to push something, like, to a greater degree than you normally yeah. would. he was sex drunk. Right. Yeah, I think that what you're saying, Jeremiah, is absolutely the advice I would give, but also to be realistic, Right. A lot of times you can't cover every single base in dialogue with people. And sometimes you're just going to have a sticky situation that arises, right? Where you bring something up or you're like, let's do this. And you say it with all the enthusiasm in the world. And your partner is like, 
what? Right? I'm sorry. Were you in my bedroom yesterday? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank God. No, it was not. I will not. Um, don't even like thinking like, about it. It's frightening. <laughs> She's like, no, <laughs> Jesus, no, God, uh, get that uh, that intrusive right. thought out of my head. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm more talking about like when those moments happen and someone takes a risk and it lands poorly and you're the partner, right? And you're like, and your internal reaction is like, oh hell no, right? Trying to also think about like getting in the practice of being like, let's pause. Right. Because it's OK to pause a sexual interaction. Right. Like it's OK to be like, hey, pause. What do you mean by that? Or I'm not sure right now. Can we talk about it afterward? Or do you know what I mean? Like right. to like just versus trying to get out of the habit of just either being straight up like, no, like I, I absolutely say, please don't do something in a sexual interaction you don't want to do. Please don't do that. Like, yes, please keep your boundaries. If you don't want to do something, don't do something. I'm more talking about like if you see your partner taking a sexual risk and you're trying to be compassionate, essentially in rejecting them, and you're trying to be compassionate in your no, right? There are, there are ways you can do that that might feel less shaming, right? That right. might feel less sort of um, pathologizing, for lack of a better word, right? Well, like I not think this is all brilliant. But let's get to this one point that I would like to get across because we only have a couple minutes left here. I don't feel safe now letting my kinky side show. That's like the last line of this. And I think that's the ones like, how does he move forward in well, a place that, where he doesn't feel safe to kind of find a way with his partner to feel safe and express those things? Well, that's sort of part of what I'm talking about, right? Okay, then like, I'm clearly in, confused. <laughs> no, you, <laughs> you got me there faster. I was getting there, but I tend to take the long way around the park. Um, so basically, you know, these are all things that I would suggest that this young man talk to his partner about, right? Around like, like being honest about like, when you said it in that way, I did feel really ashamed, right? Like it's both and he can both be compassionate and be like, I understand why you maybe felt the way you felt because yeah, I didn't give you a heads up that that's something right. I'm interested right. in. It sounds like he gets, he's like, I can say that me being just kind of out of the blue, out of nowhere, maybe saying something more aggressively that that could have been triggering. But also from my position, the way that you responded, it, it did make me feel like I was really wrong or really bad. And can we talk about that? Can we talk about a different way Maybe, you know, and they can negotiate between each other that like if you're not into something in the moment that maybe you can say like or redirect. Right. And again, Jeremiah, you're right. In an ideal world. And I said this many times, you're having these bigger sexual conversations, not in the midst of a sexual encounter. Yeah, not the, not right? the place, not the place to stop and have a very deep conversation like the doc always right. says. And, you know, and sometimes some things can't be prevented, but, you know, more the idea that like he is also going to have to advocate for some things that he wants for himself as well. It's a give and a take, right? Like being able to be like, hey, how can I make you feel more comfortable? I'm sorry if I made you feel way A, B, C, or D. And right. here is what I need. Here is how I felt. And negotiating that piece of it as well, negotiating the emotional piece beyond just like, hey, what kind of sex times can we have? Like what kind of sex right. stuff can we do? Right. Because it's not just about negotiating like the nuts and bolts and logistics of what you're going to do physically with someone. It's also negotiating. How are you going to treat one another in these interactions? Because if you're having a fun, fulfilling sex life, you're you good. You're going to be taking sexual risks. And I encourage it. Yes. I highly yes. Highly encourage more risk. But, no risk, no reward, baby. Right. But that means you're going to have some of these awkward like what did he call it? Like I what did he call it? He called it oh shit, I fucked up moment. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like that does mean you're gonna have some of those moments. And so I don't think you can prevent any like I think if you're if you're living a healthy sexual life with a partner and even when you're doing your best, I don't think you can prevent those moments. No, right. Can, can, so I, can, I, I just say, can I just say this? Can I say this to our our uh please person that wrote in here? We've all had those moments. Yes. All of us. Every single person that has ever been in a sexual situation, I am willing to say, has had at least a few moments of, oh, shit, I might have fucked up moments. <laughs> so I just want to say, I, I, I'm probably going to be told it's improper, but you're not alone in that. It is a very normal thing. Am I allowed to say that it's a normal thing? I do think that we need to work on 
taking critical feedback. I'm taking the critical feedback. I am. I am double checking with the expert yes. on that was hand. a lovely thing to say. Thank you, because I really do feel that way. Yes, and no, I I do not find any issue with you saying that. Thank I you. was only making a point about when we as when we try to tell people that they should or should not feel certain Listen, ways. we don't have to dig people up the can't past. I'm over it. I was just double checking with you. Clearly you're over it. I'm 100% over it. I just wanted to check with the person who is the expert here that it was okay. Because it's a real thing. We all do it. We all right. have I that. know a really good therapist that works with like coworkers. And I think <laughs> maybe you and I will have. <laughs> we have some things to work out. Okay, it's fine. We can but, figure it out. But back to our listener, right? I just want to say thank you so much for bringing this story in because I do think beyond just being impressed at your age and that you're trying to figure some of these things out, right? You're also bringing up some really common dilemmas, common things that come up between people a lot, right? And, you know, maybe I think sometimes it's easy to feel like, oh, like I don't know what I'm doing because I'm young and I'm new at this and then even feel some shame and experience some shame about that. But in reality, if it makes you feel any better, I got people in their 50s and 60s, right? Older, Running 40s. Running the you know, same like much- problems. And I am having the exact same dialogues with them. I think the fact that you are savvy enough to ask these questions, to be thoughtful about maybe your partner's potential experience of this, I think all of those things actually already put you way ahead of the curve at 19 years old. So well done, you. Well done. And- and thank you for bringing up such important topics. And thank you, Doc, for being so great and explaining so much to our listeners and hopefully helping this obvious 19-year-old rock star who is so much more in tune to all of these things than I was. And I thought I was advanced back then. Thanks for showing me my inadequacies when I was young. Person who wrote in. Because clearly you are you are much further along. So as the Doc said, good on you. Back then, like 19 years old, I was like, I don't know what kind of porn I like. I don't know what I'm into, but I know I kind of dig it all. I got to figure it out. 19, forget about it. Anyway, I, I, it's not about me. I know. I'm sorry. Well, but. Thank you for writing in. It was awesome. You were awesome, Doc. I would like to say that I was equally awesome. And uh, thank you for acknowledging it so many times in this episode. You are welcome. Are we able to bury the hatchet now? I think so. I think that we can move forward past Great. this moment and this episode. Thank you to our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Thank you to everybody for listening to the University of Pleasure. Again, we know that it is difficult out there. And uh, so please stay safe. Do your best to stay healthy. Um, be kind to others. It is difficult out there. And I think the more that we spread kindness and love, the uh, better off we will all be. Thank you, Doc, for all that you do for so many people and our listeners here. You take time to do these podcast episodes in light of your extremely busy schedule and all of those people that you are working to help on a daily basis so thank you to all that you do and thank you to me for being me jeremiah thank you you're welcome jeremiah thank you you, jeremiah i'm grateful too to you for all that you do that's sweet of you to say anyway the point is have a great week we will talk to you all again soon stay safe stay healthy Bye. Bye, Doc. Bye. This episode of the University of Pleasure was produced, directed, and edited by me, Jeremiah James. It was written by Dr. Tara Jansen and me, Jeremiah James. The University of Pleasure theme music was written by the incomparable Robert Felstein. And special thanks to our new associate producer, Kyle Binkley. And please remember, we want to be as inclusive as possible of the diverse experiences of others here at the University of Pleasure. So please email us your suggestions for topics that might be suited to you directly, questions, feedback, or just really great sex stories at contact at universityofpleasure.com.